Hello, I'm Bonnie Snowden, ex-corporate person and mother turned successful artist entrepreneur. It wasn't that long ago though that I lacked the confidence, vision and support network to focus on growing my dream business. Fast forward past many life curveballs, waves of self-doubt and so many lessons learned and you'll see Ignite, my thriving online coloured pencil artist community. A community that changes members' lives for the better and gives me freedom to live abundantly whilst doing what I love and spending quality time with my beloved family and dogs. All whilst creating my best artwork with coloured pencils and mentoring others to do the same. But this life wasn't always how it was for me. It used to only exist in my imagination. I've created the It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast to help increase people's confidence, share mine and my community's experience and hope through fascinating personal stories, champion the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and create another channel through which I can support others to realise their dreams. If you're a passionate coloured pencil artist or an aspiring one who's looking to create their best work and a joyful life you love, you're in the right place. Grab a cuppa and a custard cream. Let's get cracking. I've wanted to catch up with my next guest for ages, but with a busy life running her business and and then also having a baby, it's been trying to find time uh, to fit something in. But I'm absolutely delighted to be chatting to the fabulous Emma Martin, pet portrait artist and author of Art Is My Career. I'm just really, really happy to be talking to you after all this time. Yeah, it's been ages. I know. Yeah, I think we've, we've both been following each other since the start, probably like around 2016. We both started, didn't yes. we? Yeah, yeah. So, and it's been and it's been mad. And your business has just soared. Yeah. And um, you know, your your yeah, all your book and so is yours. <laughs> we, I like that we've both sort of started with the same medium and the same sort of like process doing pet portraits and both sort of got into very two very different directions but still along the same lines it's really interesting what people do um you know with the same thing when you're when you start the same way this isn't it and it's funny do you think it's funny that well it's not funny but you know how sometimes it's a it's a preconceived idea that if you use a certain medium you will mm-hmm. definitely do xyz yeah, I guess because before I started, because colour pencil was never really going to be my, you know, the medium I make it as an artist, say. It was always thought to me like oil paint was the way to make it as an artist. Oil paint, the the medium or not even acrylic paint or watercolour. Like you're always sort of, I guess it's perceived that oil paint is the one to be the master in, the one where you're going to make the big bucks kind of thing the one that people are going to, you know, respect and buy from. Colour pencil was really just to practice and to get myself back into art. It was never really meant to be this big thing that is now, you know, the staple of my business. But I'm so glad it is because I just love it so much. <laughs> how how bizarre. So before you were yeah. doing, I, I mean, I know you from, I know you from Instagram and um, Facebook and from your portraits and from the, the business side of stuff. But mm-hmm. I don't really know any of your backstory. What what were you doing before? Okay, so before, well, I guess going going all the way back to school, like I've always loved art. Art was my thing. All my childhood pictures is me like colouring in. I loved colouring books and finish them, you know, one after the other kind of thing. Like art was my thing. And then it comes to, you know, when you're a teenager and like your teachers and your parents are like, you know, so what what are you going to do when you grow up? You know, what's your real career going to be? 
And art was never implied or never spoken about as being a career path. And I don't, I really don't know why, because <laughs> I'm in it and I'm doing it right now. So I just don't know why everyone thinks that it's just a hobby. It was just, it, looking back, it's just so silly. And it wasted, like, I guess it, it wasted a lot of people's time because they already know what they want to do when they're young. And that's just who they are as a person. And I had to try and pick something else. So, you know, I was always interested in science and space and that kind of thing. So I chose um, aerospace engineering, which involves um, every type of engineering. So you learn about mechanical, electrical, manufacturing. I didn't really know what I wanted to specialize in. It was just, all right, everyone's an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer. I'll just pick one of those it came to. So, you know, I picked engineering and I really enjoyed it. I got my master's in aerospace. I did the grad job for about three years and I didn't really like it. It didn't really sit with me. I hated a nine to five. I, I like to do things because I'm such a morning person and I'm not an evening person at all. So I'm really good at working up to like, you know, about two o'clock and then I'm done. <laughs> um, so, but I love early mornings. Like, you know, I could get up at 6am and start my, my work. That's what I like. Um, and that's what I used to do when I studied for my levels and things. Yeah, so I did that. And then I decided, you know, what do I actually want to achieve with this engineering career? You know, I, I really wanted to work for NASA. That sounds like a good, a good goal to, to have. So I decided to do a master's in space uh, engineering at the International Space University in Strasbourg. And with them, you get to, well, you still have to apply, but you get the opportunity to have an internship at NASA. And as an international person, you know, someone who is an American, it's actually very hard to get into work for these government facilities. So um, I was, you know, really excited to be doing that. I applied, I got the opportunity. So I worked for NASA. I was in um, California uh, Ames Research Center for three months and it was incredible. Like, I love it so much. It was, I just love California as a whole as well. It's just an amazing experience to be able to live there and work there and meet so many interesting people as well um really really clever people as well it was just it was super exciting and then when I finished that I started a PhD but along just before I started the PhD like while I was waiting for it I was like you know what do I do now I had about four months in between like my um master's ending and my PhD starting and so that's when I started pet portraits so I had a friend that asked me, you know, my cat just died. Can you draw my cat for me? And I was like, oh, OK, sure. And she offered to pay me. And that's literally the first time ever anyone's offered to pay me for my for my art. Because I'd always given it as like presents for birthdays and Christmas and that stuff. Like I never really expected anybody to pay for what I was doing. It was just it was just a hobby. It was a nice thing to do. Yeah, so I drew it and she paid me 50 quid and I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Someone's paid for my artwork. <laughs> Yay. Um, so that was probably one of the happiest moments ever. Um, and then I put it on Facebook and that sort of just exploded into requests, commission requests. And without knowing it, I basically started my pet portrait business. <laughs> um and then I was sort of doing that alongside my PhD. I used the pet portrait money to pay for our wedding. So me and my husband got married. 
Um, and I use basically use my pet portrait buddy to pay for our wedding, which was a really lovely uh, thing to be able to do and accomplish. And then I thought, you know, what now? Like I, I wake up every morning, I want to draw, I want to I want to do the next commission, I want to do the next thing. Like I'm not not I don't feel that way about my engineering. Like I never felt that way anyway. Like it wasn't passionate to me. I could do it. You you know, I feel like anyone could do anything if they work hard enough at it. But do you really want to do it? And I just didn't feel that way about engineering compared to art. So my husband was like, you know, just quit and do your pet portrait. That's going well. Just carry on doing that. And I was just like, oh, my God, should I do that? You know, it's sort of like it felt like should I throw away 10 years of engineering for a business that is only like six months old? And, you know, I've got no like that's sort of my proof of concept. Um, I hadn't done anything beyond that. I had no business experience. I had no art education apart from my RA level. It just felt like such a massive step and massive leap. But I took it and I'm so glad I did because here I am now five years later and I'm still doing what I love. You know, I'm living in the French Riviera. I can pay for everything that I want to pay for. I can. I've got flexible hours to take care of my baby. And yeah, so I'm so pleased I took that leap. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, my story. Isn't it fabulous though that you, you know, you can you can do something that you really want to do. And you are quite mm. a tenacious person anyway. You are somebody who, I mean, I know you're a you're a goal setter. I know you are really, you know, you're su- super organized. Well, I definitely try to be. <laughs> well, you are the you are the go-to person when I'm doing like Q and A's and stuff like that, and people oh, yeah. know about branding or um, organization or you know how how to uh, kind of set up a, an Instagram page or something like that. You are, I, you know, I've got a few people. I go go here, go here. You are always go and have a look at Summers. You know, for branding, she's oh, really thank you so much. You know, people people recognize your work. People recognize your branding. People recognize your tone of voice. And so you're a a really really good example of you know, a, a brand that's working, uh, you know, which is, which is, and it's brilliant for me to be able to um, guide people and say, well, you know, instead of going and saying, oh, well, look at, look at my stuff, blah, blah, blah. Mm. You know, having other sort of uh, artists that I can recommend is, is, mm. is great for me because people can then see it working. Yeah. You know, which is something we didn't have when we started. I feel like there wasn't many examples of artists like us actually doing it. I feel like all the artists that were out there were like, you know, really well known or people in like, you know, high end galleries and things like that. There wasn't like, you know, a little person just doing it from their bedroom. It was just so hard to find that. So it's so nice now that there are loads of examples of people doing what we're doing and doing well at it. It's just so nice to see. It, re- it really is because, I, and I, you know, you hear all of the time, of, you know, the, the myths about artists not being able to make it and all of that type of stuff. Mm. And actually, I'm not going to say it's easy to, to, to make a, a success of something because it, it really isn't. But you've got to be quite focused and there are mm-hmm. an awful lot of things that you have to, you do have to do. You know, mm. you, you have to market yourself. And if you don't market yourself, sadly, you know, actually, you probably won't be successful because. Yeah, it's the hardest part, I think, of a business. Like, And you, 
I think a lot of people do things automatically that that is marketing, like posting on social media. That is marketing. You're already doing it. When some people say, oh, I have no idea about marketing or business, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, uh, I'm not that that minded or like I don't know that that side of things. You know, I'm just an artist. But that's not true. You know, you're already doing it when you're posting on social media, when you're talking about your art to people you meet or whoever asks about it, when you're posting it, when you're putting it on your website and having a description, all of that is marketing. You're already doing it. It's just learning how to target it to the right people is what what makes the difference between the successful artists and the not so successful artists. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, totally, I really do. I really do agree with that. And I think people do give themselves a, a, a disservice as well a lot of the time, you know, and they... Uh, for me, a lot of it is mindset. It's people who feel that they can't do it or they don't have the confidence to do it. You know, and that's something that I, I do address with all of the teaching that I do. It's something that I'm quite, um, mm. I find quite important, you know, that mindset thing. But if you've got a can-do attitude, I mean, look mm. at you, you're, you're, in, you're in France. You know, you, you've moved all over, haven't you? I mean, you always, didn't you live in Ireland? Or was, was I dreaming that? No, Wales. Wales. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> not, not I was living well before I came here, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. What made you move to France? Um, mainly Brexit. We wanted to stay in the European Union. Um, and we thought, you know, France culturally is the closest to the UK as you can get, I think. Just, you know, the way they are and, you know, yeah, cult- culture-wise, is it's not too different from the UK. Um, so we thought, you know, that would be nice to sort of ease into because we've lived abroad for months at a time or like I lived in Strasbourg for a year. I've lived in California, Chicago, but we've never like permanently moved anywhere that wasn't the UK. So we were very conscious, you know, trying to think of the future. What would we want our children to grow up in? What would we want them to know? What would make it easiest for us as well? So, yeah, we chose France and we chose the Riviera just because we wanted some sun. <laughs> that was a big reason. <laughs> we wanted a bit of sun. We were living in Wales. It was just too wet. Like, <laughs> I'm ready for some sun, some palm trees. That's what I wanted. And because we both work from home, we had that flexibility to just choose because both of our businesses are online. We don't need to be in a specific location to do what we do. And we've specifically planned our lives for that. Like it is a choice at the end of the day. If you want an online business because you want to live anywhere, then that's what your goal is to do. And that's what we chose to do. So that's why we could we chose to live in France. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's been successful. And yeah, what you were saying about confidence, like I feel now with all the information and with more artists being on display and with so much more knowledge being out there I do feel I feel more confident and I feel like a lot of other artists are getting more confident in what they do because there are so many more examples now and that's mainly also why I wrote my book yes. <laughs> to help people get more confident in the business side of things because it can be very daunting and when I first started, there wasn't that information out there. Like if you try and go Google marketing for artists, specifically for artists, there, is, there wasn't anything. Mm. I couldn't find anything. Like there's, you know, marketing as a general rule. There's Instagram as a general rule. There was, there was everything was generalized, but there wasn't anything specific. So I basically wrote my book 
to do specific work that spoke specifically about what I did to become successful in art and mainly a commission-based art business rather than just you know galleries and things like that it was just about taking commissions and that's how I've made my money and I basically did it you know step by step in my book every chapter is color coordinated I've got my flow charts in there I've got my step-by-step guides on how to set up Instagram how to set up a website exactly what pages you need on a website because so many people are like oh I need a website but what do I put on it well I've got a whole chapter on that. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's brilliant. And it's it's yeah. all about, isn't it? It's all about because this is something that I've been quite specific with, you know, with with my business and mm-hmm. how I'm kind of moving forwards is really becoming quite niche in your mm. market area. Mm. You know, and I know some people I got and, and I have to say, I was a little bit sort of um dubious and like, well you know, when you're talking about your target audience and stuff like that, particularly for me at the minute with the teaching side of stuff. And I'm like, well, I, I could teach anybody to, I want to teach everybody to draw. But actually, if you've got that too broader, you know, sort of audience, it, it's, it's, you can't please everybody all of the time. So really niching down and finding that, that particular little sort of sweet spot for your business is such a good idea. And it's really important in terms of like time, because you don't have enough time in the world to pitch to everyone it just takes up too much time so you need to niche and you need to be targeted so when you have you know that one person that comes to you or you talk to that group or you go to that fair or you know that's specific to your audience you're not wasting your time you know it's just so important especially when you're an entrepreneur your time is more valuable because if you're not making money, you're not going to get any money. You're not going to get a paycheck at the end of the month. It's all up to you. Yeah, yeah. Have you um, have you thought about, or I don't know whether, I know you outsource some of your stuff. So you outsource some of your, the shipping and things like that. I don't know whether you're still doing that. Do you, do you yeah, yeah. outsource any of your bits and pieces now in your, in your business? Um, I outsource some of my writing for my website, theartismycareer.com. It's basically forming a a huge database of information anything that wasn't in my book or detailed versions of what's in my book you know how to create certificates of authenticity about image licensing about copyright just everything that you need to know as an artist all the detailed stuff taking payments you know all the specifics I've just started accumulating it all on this website so anyone needing help with different things I can just you know refer them to the article that um I've written or I've hired somebody else to write to write um all very detailed and well-researched things I used to have someone that also did the emails for that but I don't anymore just because I've I've sort of taken over I've sort of taken over a bit more it's so hard to let go (laughs) when is your business and you built it it's so hard to find other people that care as much as you I'm the total opposite yeah (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to do I'm just like take it yeah <laughs> you're you're absolutely you are that sounds that doesn't sound right but you, you're absolutely right is finding the right people yeah you know, and and I guess that for me I, I'd kind of and I think this is the same with 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 anybody who is creating a, a business depending on what your your goals and aspirations and everything are you, you end up hitting this ceiling where you, you know you can't take on anymore because mm. you're just consumed with with emails with social media with doing the actual yeah. 
drawing side of stuff. Yeah, it is yeah. too much, if, especially yeah. as you grow and as your business grows, it just becomes more. It's not less. Yeah. Like I actually have less time to draw now than I did when I started. And that's not just because of the baby. They pre-baby. <laughs> um, I still had less time because I had more social media to do, more emails to reply to, more people to talk to. You know, I've built this big community because I've got my art, uh, art is my career um, community on Facebook as well. And we talk about things and I try and help people through posts and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it takes a lot of time mm-hmm. out of drawing. So where you can delegate, delegate. So like when I, when I first launched the book, this is nearly two years ago now. I can't believe that. <laughs> um, so when I first launched, like packing, like making the boxes, wrapping it, putting in all the inserts, literally took so much time. Me and my husband were sitting there night after night making these book boxes to then ship out the next morning, going to the post office. Oh, my goodness. So when I found this uh, distribution center, because a lot of those distribution centers are like, you know, you have to be selling a thousand a day kind of thing. It's like, well, I'm not selling that much, but I'm selling more than I can handle. So I managed to find a distribution center that did like smaller quantities, like um, 50 and to 100 a day, which is really useful. So I went through them, just sent them all the books, sent them all the packing supplies, told them how I wanted it packed. And they just do it all for me and they still do it for me now. And they're just so good. And it just takes that whole stress away. They send it, they ship it, they send me the bill. Great. (laughs) You know, it's so much easier. And I do the same thing with my prints. So if I'm doing like a big lot of prints to sell, um, I send them the prints, sometimes pre-packed because I like to sign the prints as well. So I would have them printed, sign them, pack them, send them to the distribution center. And then they would sort out the shipping. Because I think shipping is like the worst part of anything. <laughs> oh, my God, I hate oh, don't, Honestly, don't talk to me about... On a, I, 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 get in such a, I get in such a sweat about it. I hate yeah. it. I end up with portraits just piling up on the sidewalk. God, I must ship my portraits. I don't know what, yeah. it, is, what it is. But that, so that is a re, that is just the, the best example of passive income. Mm. You've done the work. You've written the book. It's been published. If you were having to sit there day on day on day, packing everything up mm. and using all of your precious time. That's and what yet, I did at the start. It, was, it wasn't good. <laughs> no, no. And I see... I mean, I see so many artists still doing that, you know, and I, I do understand. I do understand that, you know, you're, you're, you've got a precious, you know, thing that you're packaging up and you need to kind of, you know, look after it and you want to do the best for it and everything. Mm. It's a lot of work that can be delegated. Absolutely. With the shipping, yeah. the printing as well. I mean, I don't really do prints anymore. I, I'm, I'm mm. lazy when it comes to that sort of thing. <laughs> you know they yeah. it all and, and color correct it and everything and uh, my prints color correcting is so annoying oh, oh my goodness my... every screen is different every printer is different it's just if you don't have your own printer which is really expensive then it's just so hard to get it done externally yeah yeah it really is it really is and and, and actually I, w- I didn't have my heart in it and I think mm. if you don't have your heart in something you know the focus kind of is lacking and and it probably it... doesn't yeah, it's one of those things that artists try because they think they should. But just because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean that you should be doing it. Like when it comes to art and when it comes to finding, you know, your income stream, you don't have to do all of them. No. There's, you know, there's loads to choose from as an artist. You know, as like you've gone into tutorials, you could do ebooks, you print, 
uh, I think I've got a list somewhere. Like there's there's just so many different things that you could be doing in terms of finding income streams, but you don't have to do all of them. Just pick the ones that you're passionate about. And I've stuck with commissions because I love commissions. I love doing that. The pet portraits, I love people receiving them seeing it framed on their wall like it's just so nice it's the best it's the reason why I'm still doing it it's the reason why I started my business like I just love it and I don't think I'll ever stop doing pet portraits so that's something I'll continue and try and get better at and trying to like you know refine and make that part of my business the best it can be rather than invest my time and money into other things that I'm not really sure are going to work yeah no I completely agree how so how old's your little girl now she's gonna be four months next week oh blimey and what's 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 her name Adelphine yeah it's a very French name but it's actually my great-grandmother's name so it just works out really well (laughs) yes and do you speak do you speak French are you learning French I am learning, but yeah. no, I don't speak French. <laughs> I can say things like, you know, in the supermarket, you know, I can okay. ask for a bag and I can say yeah. thank you and please and whatever. Like I can get by. I have get by French. I don't know any more than that. And will she, will she, obviously, if you're living in France, she'll go to school in France. Yes, we'd like her to be bilingual, go to a French school, learn English at home because we'll speak English to her and that kind of thing. Because I feel like, um, that would be really beneficial to know more than two languages or well, more than one language yeah so we hope that she'll go to a French school yeah. probably Montessori we're liking the idea of a Montessori school but she's so cute she started rolling over so I can't leave her unattended anymore <laughs> <laughs> I used to just like I used to just put her on her mat turn around and draw I can't do that anymore I put a lie head out and then she's like flipped over. She's like shouting because there are this stuff or something. And she's like, she's like trying to crawl, but she can't because she hasn't pushed herself up yet. It's just like dragging on her stomach. And it's just like, it's so, so she, she's, she's quite young. I remember mine. Mine didn't crawl until they were 11 months. I mean, mine were all quite little. I hope they don't listen to this. Mine were all little chubbers. They just, they're not anymore, but they just used to sit there with the rust. Yeah. <laughs> taking off to their mum I think but um they crawled at about 11 months and then they were they were walking at you know yeah I think that's normal like nine to 11 months like she can't physically crawl but she really is trying yeah um but yeah she's she's very adamant that she's going to move yeah <laughs> and she gets really angry it's so funny she's so sweet <laughs> uh, oh dear and does she um is she quite a good girl have you got like a are you a routine I know you're you're quite routine based with your business yeah so she's very routine as well. <laughs> yeah, like, have you found that routine yeah from the start it's actually been really helpful because she's been on bottles from the start as well so it means that my husband can also feed her it's not completely reliant on me so we've just been um you know feeding her it started off every three hours to make sure she was eating enough and now it's um every two to three hours during the day because she sleeps during the night which is so useful because having having broken sleep is the worst for the first three months, I didn't sleep for more than two hours at a time. And let me tell you, that is the most tired I have ever been in my life. They don't tell you, do they? They do not tell you. 
they're like, yeah, sleep when the baby sleeps. But the baby only sleeps for a couple of hours. Oh, the baby doesn't sleep at all. Yeah. She's actually been, I've been so lucky. She's really good. She sleeps a lot. She loves sleeping. And especially during the night, which is really useful. So she just sleeps from like midnight till six in the morning. I wake her up at six in the morning to feed her because I don't really like her going more than that without eating because she is still quite young. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, she falls back asleep with me and then we sleep till nine. So I do get a nice lie in. Uh, is it's a broken lion it's not like I'm sleeping for 12 hours I remember remember with my eldest I mean he's 22 now and with him he he was a sleeper and my sisters would just kind of glare at me and I go well he gets up because at seven seven weeks eight weeks he was sleeping through and he was Mm. doing 10 till 7 every night and I was like I feel like she'd do that if I'd let her as well you know so he'd get get up at seven he'd Mm. have his breakfast he'd be back in bed by nine oh he'd get up for sort of like you know 11 o'clock have a bit of sort of 11sies and have a bit of lunch then he'd be back again in bed at one and my sisters were like does this baby ever wake up it's just no it's just happy snoozing Yeah, sometimes around nine o'clock, she starts getting really angry because she wants to go to bed. And me and my husband are like, you know, trying to watch something with our dinner kind of thing. And she just won't have it. She's like, no, I want to go to bed now. She like starts pushing us towards the bedroom. Like she sort of like lunges in the direction she wants to go if we're (laughs) holding her. So you got to hold on tight. (laughs) So she like lunges towards the bedroom. It's like, okay, she wants to go to bed now. (laughs) Brilliant. Do you know, I think, well, there's all sorts of different ways of routines, isn't there? Mine, mine were all very routine based. And I, I mean, I'm chaotic, but I found it much easier because I was I worked full time when they were little. I didn't yeah. take um, I worked for myself uh, as yeah. a designer. So I just used to have a little office. And yeah. when they got a little bit more mobile, I just had um, a, a baby gate. And, mm. and like a little corridor and they just had all of their toys in the corridor behind me yeah <laughs> to play in there and then their dad used to come in at sort of like three o'clock and then whisk them away and then mm. but that's um, basically what I do yeah because I work from home and her play mat's just behind me so <laughs> Yeah. So do you still do you do you find that you can you know lots of people having having babies now and working from home and it is a it is a shock I mean even if you don't work from home it's a shock isn't it having a baby it's like Oh my goodness. Yeah, because I suddenly went from having all the time in the world to do my business, to do my drawing. I, you know, I feel like I could do whatever I want. Now I only have like a maximum three hours a day, like properly to do my business. And it's like, okay, it really helps you prioritize actually. Having less time makes you more focused on the things that actually matter about your business. Because before I was just like, I feel like I was wasting my time pottering because you could do so much like, oh, I'll fiddle about with my website. Oh, I'll fiddle about with this. And it's just it's just lots of pottering you could do with your business. Now I don't have that time. I literally got three hours. It's like, right, I've got to get this commission done and I got to send out these emails. Those are my two main things to do this week. And that's all I can concentrate on. Anything else I can't do. I don't have the time. So it just really makes you focus on the things that actually help your business to run and what yeah. your business needs you for and all the rest can wait until either another time or can be delegated, anything like that. So it does really help to have less time. It makes you more efficient, funnily. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. I mean, I, yes, I'll sit waffling around on stuff and then, you know, uh, I mean, yesterday I was... I haven't been in my studio for two days because my knee went on Tuesday 
Um, oh, so I've been sat yeah. with my sat with my legs up. Well, it didn't force me, but I was like, oh, I can't sit and watch telly or I can't, you know, I can't just sit doing nothing. I had to do something. So it forced me yeah. into sort of like completing some of the things that I'd kind of said, oh, I want to do this. And yeah. actually they didn't take that long. I've been putting them off and putting them off. Yeah. And they didn't take that long to, to mm. kind of complete. The thoughts were all there. But, you know, so, yeah, absolutely. When you when you kind of, you know, you've got you're in that sort of focused uh, mindset, I guess. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And did, yeah. You, did you kind of, you know, when you were obviously, you know, planning for the baby and, and pregnant and everything, did you did you plan for your business just to slow down a little bit? Yes, um, I did. I I had one more commission to complete after I had her just because I sort of ran over because I didn't realize how tired I would be during pregnancy. There's something I didn't account for. I thought, okay, you're pregnant, you know, you've got the normal pregnancy symptoms or whatever, you're getting bigger, you can't reach the desk. I thought, okay, fine, I can deal with all that. But tiredness, I just had no idea. I needed like two, three hours of sleep a day, you know, as a nap. Like I was just, I just couldn't function. And I was so used to drawing like all day, every day, you know, from the moment I wake up to dinner time, I'd just be drawing. And that's just who I was because I loved doing it. And it was really hard to transition into not being able to do that. Yeah, I had to plan, you know, obviously I am pregnant, so I have more time now than I will when the baby comes. So I need to plan for not being able to do as much. So that's what I've done. I sort of had like, three weeks maternity leave if you can call it that um basically I didn't draw for three weeks I didn't draw commissions for three weeks I was still doing other things because I like to practice or do other stuff or try out different things I can't stop <laughs> I feel like it's just in my blood I just I physically can't stop it's it's, it's good but yeah so now I'm only completing maybe two commissions a month rather than four or five but you know it is still something and it's still working so yeah and priorities change don't they you know when you have a when you have a family when 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 well when things happen you've got to kind of go with the flow I mean were you were you happy going with the flow or did it sort of cause a bit of a bit of discord inside you a bit of discord inside me I say because I love I love my business and I love doing what I do and it's just it's me I guess it's, it, it, it is just me as a person. I feel like I am my business. What I'm doing with my life is me. It's a massive part of me. And not being able to do it when I want to is quite hard. So that's been the main thing to get used to. Like, you know, I, I love spending time with my baby and reading her books and playing with her and all that kind of stuff. But then you get that instances when you're like, oh, I should do this thing or I should send that email to that person, or I do this and do that. But you can't then get up and go and do it because you have to take care of the babies. It's like, oh, no, I have to write it down for later, or you'll forget. And then it comes to later. It's like, oh, it's not important anymore. I just have to go do this other thing that's more important. So it is quite jarring to try and get your head around. But um, I think four months in, I'm definitely getting there. I'm getting the swing of things. Yeah, it's really nice. It's definitely priorities do change because I love being a mom. I never thought, I never really, I guess, understood what it's like to be a mom until you are a mom. It's one of those things you just don't get until you're doing it. And like, I feel like the business was sort of like my first baby. And then this is like my second baby. 
but um it's really hard to give both the priorities that they need because I want to I love both of them mm-hmm. and I want to do well with both of them and you know I want to be the best mom I can be but I can only be the best mom I can be if I keep myself and I keep my business and I show her what it's like to you know run a business to to be a person that works for themselves to be someone who's following their passion like I can't lose all of that no. because I'm taking care of her so it's definitely that that juggle that I'm I'm learning how to do and sometimes I think it's just the decision making that is the mm-hmm. really hard part so the actual kind of you know in your head oh what do I do what do I do when you've actually made that decision it's like oh well that was easy then I'm just mm. gonna do this um yeah. but it's that it's that actually deciding bit and that is that mental torture sometimes isn't it it's like do I do this do I do that I don't know what I'm gonna do how I'm gonna fit it yeah. all in. and actually life just has a way of working out don't you think mm. I think if it's if it's the right thing to do like I I don't I'm not necessarily like superstitious or whatever, but I do believe that if it was meant to be, it does work. I feel like it does just come easy if that's what you're meant to do. But I feel like when I started my business, it worked. Like I was, you know, I was working hard at it. You know, don't get me wrong. It didn't just happen as a fluke. <laughs> I was working hard all day, every day at it, but it was working and it was doing its job and then it grew. And, you know, it worked from there when I was doing my engineering, it just worked. You know, I, I passed my degree, you know, it would have been harder if I didn't pass. <laughs> um, but things like that, I feel like if you're meant to do it, it does just work. And trying to I guess I guess go against the grain or if something's really not working I feel like maybe you just shouldn't be doing that thing and try something else yeah and I think a lot of people are scared to try something else because they're sort of like they want to stay in the thing even though it's hard like you know stay in stay in their nine to five it's the comfort thing they know they're going to get a paycheck even though they hate their job or maybe they like their job but they don't like it enough to do it until they're 60 Mm -hmm. that kind of thing I think it can be so easy to just be stuck and not want to take that leap and to move out and I understand because I was in that situation too and it is very it's a very personal decision but at the end of the day it's your choice Mm -hmm. and if you if you want to look back you sort of like make the decisions that you know you'd be proud to have made when you're like 90 to say when you're 90 and you look back are you happy with the the decisions you made like are you happy with the outcome if you stayed in your job are you happy that you know you retired at 60 and then started your career like a lot of people do or are you happy you took the leap and spent your entire life doing your art career and really like being you know the, the potential artist you've always wanted to be and that's what I wanted that's my goal I want to be proud of myself that I did that I didn't just wait yeah well I mean yeah some people don't even know that they've got it in them anymore I started Mm. at what uh, 46 you know I Mm. had a a successful career I've 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 worked nine to five since I was 17 Mm. sometimes six till midnight (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know, but I, I've worked, I've definitely worked in a, in a nine to five since I was 17 and in the corporate world and, you know, the, the world full of reviews and, you know, companies taking over each other and all of that, or redundancies and all of that. And it, you know, it's, it's actually a really, or can be a really toxic environment. 
um, you know, to be. And um, I can't even imagine now, it's been five years since I've been a full-time artist. I cannot imagine go, having to go out. I mean, my, my children, <laughs> my youngest is at school still, but my other two have, have jobs. Yeah. I can't imagine getting out, you know, having to drive to work. Both my, both my eldest are in, well, my daughter's in a nine to five-ish kind of job. Uh, my son is sort of quite early morning, quite late night. So it's, you know, his is more of a sort of a hands-on. Um, and I guess it's, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I did what I did. And I think I learned a, a huge amount. What was it like for you? What was your taking the leap moment? Well, I didn't, um, I, well, it was my big sister that suggested I do it. Mm. Um, and I, I don't think I ever thought I can't do this. I think I've always had a, a belief that I can do it. I think the yeah. biggest thing was, will I be able to afford my mortgage? Mm-hmm. That was that was the biggest thing. So I did a lot of planning beforehand. Um, my brother-in-law is absolutely fantastic businessman. And he kind of helped me put a, um, a forecast together and go, right, come on. You know, this is what, yes, your portraits cost you this much now. But if you want to be, you know, um, able to afford your mortgage and everything, then you're going to have to start increasing them, you know, which I did. And I did that on a regular basis. My, my husband at that point had said, you know, he, he'd support us. But seven months down the line, he walked out. Mm. <laughs> so, that was, so that was good. You know, and at that point, I'd actually set up my business. I had got probably about a year's worth of portraits in, in the bag and, mm. and more deposits coming in and raising my prices, you know, all of the time. So I think it was that that beginning bit where uh, where I did a forecast and I actually was like, right, I can do this. I can yeah. afford it. And then it just kind of went, went from there. And then when I started teaching, you know, that's when things really started to sort of come together, you know, yeah. um, the turnover. And Patreon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Patreon was, Patreon was great uh, and still is great. I've still got patrons, you know, about a thousand on, on Patreon still. And then I've got my, um, my academy which I launched last year which has been really successful it's been fantastic but you know huge amount of learning has gone into that um you know funnily enough the consultant I work with she's in France as well oh yeah Um, yeah yeah so her little girl is going to school in France oh gosh I love watching her um Instagram dogs are messing around on (laughs) beanbags um yeah I love looking at her Instagram you know with her with her little girl and they go swimming and all of that sort of stuff it's Mm. uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was I think it takes faith and I think it takes sort of like um, it's the self-belief. It's knowing that you're going to succeed, which isn't a big headed thing. Mm. You know, it's just a no, this is what I'm going to do and it's going to be. Yeah. A- you sort of have to tell yourself that because you don't necessarily have to, I guess, believe it. But if you tell yourself enough, then you will believe it. And doing something smart, like doing your forecast, I did the same thing. I did a forecast to see, you know, can I actually afford the rent? Which is why we mo- ended up moving to Wales because we're living in Sheffield at the time. And we wanted a guarantee that I could still, you know, pay for our lives. So because my husband had a startup at the time. And so we wanted to make sure that we could still afford everything. So we thought, OK, you know, if we move to Wales, we can get a cheaper place and get a cheaper car, get everything, you know, literally minimised expenditures as much as possible and that would be a good starting point for the you know for my business and that that's what we did you know he was incredibly supportive to do that with me um because we had a nice setup in Sheffield but you know 
he wanted to do this with me and it was just it was really lovely and supportive for him to do that um yeah so I did my forecast and I made sure that I was going to be able to pay for enough like especially when you're doing commissions you've only got a certain amount of time in the year because <laughs> um, you can't draw any faster like you, you gradually can draw faster if you learn certain techniques mm. and you get better and that's all like a time you know as 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 time goes on kind of thing but you can't there's there's a maximum amount that you can physically do you've just got to be really practical with it um so you can't say oh you know I can make 50 grand doing this if I complete 2,000 portraits a year like how are you going to do that <laughs> Exactly. It's just just not going to happen, like, you know. And it is is about making sure that you raise your prices so that you're, you know, but it's also about, yes, you raise your prices, but you also look at your development. You know, although saying that, if you have enough self-belief, I think you can sell your your pieces for a huge amount and, and, you know, not be the best artist in, in the world because, art is so subjective isn't it Mm, exactly and there's so many different styles out there like on Instagram now how many pet portrait color pencil artists are there there's just an uncountable amount like I can't even count them but everyone's got a different style so it's not we're not all in competition with each other because there's plenty of people in the world to buy you know one from everyone exactly you know it's that's that's more of what it is and um it's just so nice to see all these different styles from from the same medium even like you know realistic styles there are different realistic honestly I've I do critiques each week I've done um you know 20 odd critiques this morning um Mm. and uh they're all realistic pieces because they're people learning from me so they're all learning realism but every single one has a stamp on it every single one is you can, you know, if you see enough of that person's, you recognize the style. And I, I think, you know, realism, well, all sorts of, every art genre has has bad press, don't they, you know? And I know that realism, some people think it's not proper art and it's just copying and all of this type of stuff. Which... They're like, you know, why don't you just have a photo? It's like, well, yeah. have a yeah. photo then, it's not the same. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I appreciate that everyone has their own opinion and I, you know, and I, I totally get that. But for me, realism, uh, like I was saying, when I do my critiques, I chat away and I say all sorts of rubbish as usual. But I was talking about how um, actually realism, I didn't choose it. It it chose me. It wasn't something that I was like, right, this is what I'm going to do. It just that's what came out. Yeah. Like I've tried to do different styles like even with oil painting I've tried to do like impressionism and I've tried to do abstracts and oh my god it's so hard because all I want to do is do the little details I love details I love realism I love making things look real and it is it is just what has come out and you know even like your personal style as well it's just what comes out and I think that's really important as well because some artists are like you know how do I find my style how will I be different you're already different just keep practicing just keep doing it just keep keep doing what you love and your passion and you know your your personal way of holding the pencil of choosing colors of doing these things all add to your style and will make you different than other people that's also kind of why I don't like using photo color pickers I feel like I feel like it just like takes away your how you look at something because it's telling you, you know, a specific colour to use, but maybe that's not the colour you see. And I know, I know 
there's no right or wrong I, I don't think there's a right or wrong it's no, like oh you're... that's meant to be blue it's like well I didn't see blue yeah, <laughs> I saw this color that's a really really interesting discussion to have I think we'll have to do a we'll have to do an Instagram live won't we that is a really interesting discussion to have because I mean I do think the color pickers I think they have their place you know people who are just starting out and and they don't have the confidence and they just need a little bit of a crutch to be able to help them but I find them really confusing you know when somebody you know I've used a color picker and I've got this this and this I'm like why where's it got that from <laughs> I don't yeah, see it. literally see it totally differently mm. um, and I'm starting to see color and I think as we you know obviously as you develop you you kind of get a keener eye with different things mm. you get a keener eye with different things and and for me now it's not about uh, when I see colors I I look at how, what colors do I mix to get that color um mm asking about a particular brown today and I was like well you know what I'm seeing is raw umber mm. and if you put a little bit of ultramarine violet in there you're going to get that sort of th- that mid-brown that you're looking for but that's not mm-hmm. too yellowy because the violet will kind of dampen the the yellow down and all of that type of stuff and it's it comes from just experimenting and all of that type yeah. of stuff. you know and and that's what I really urge certainly my students to do is just have a bit of a go a bit of a play what does this definitely I get a lot of people asking me as well like how do you do this the right way how do you do that the right way and I always say there is no right and wrong way there's just different ways of doing it and everyone likes a different way like a very small example how do you do whiskers you know, everyone's always asking me whiskers and whiskers can be quite hard when it comes to color pencil because they don't layer like paint would. Mm. You can't get that bright white sometimes. So there are like little techniques and things you can do, but there is no right way and wrong way of doing it. You can do any way you want as long as you get the result that you're looking for. And I think that's what people who don't have a lot of confidence in themselves think that there is a wrong way of doing art and there just isn't there's no wrong way of doing it there's just your way of doing it and other people's ways of doing it and you can mix them and you can play with them and you can come out with something completely new like that's the fun of it there's yeah. not there's no wrong <laughs> no. Uh, the yeah. way I do whiskers a lot of the time is is wrong I have to say <laughs> my whiskers <laughs> are awful I hate drawing whiskers <laughs> <laughs> I really like them. I leave them right to the end. It's like my favorite, like signature thing. Oh, God, how do you come on, Summer? Show me how you do whiskers. How do you do whiskers then? Well, I always indent them first. Yeah. Then I know where they are because that's really helpful. And then I like to use the Parandash Pablo pencil because it's such a hard pencil. It shows up really nicely over the luminance color pencils. Um, so I then I then use that. And then to make it really white, I use that pearl burnish liquid color pencil for the really white bit, but only oh. a touch. I don't like to do use too much of it. Yeah. Oh, that's a good hack. Right. I'm going to have amazing whiskers from now on. You'll see. <laughs> and then sometimes I also do another layer of pencil over the top of the pearl burnish once it's dried because right. it's a really good texture that it doesn't flake off because I well, used to. Before I knew about like light fast and things like that, I used to use gouache paint, um, which, you know, don't use because it flakes off. <laughs> um, but this pearl burnish stuff doesn't flake off, which is really useful. You have to obviously wait for it to it's super dry, but it doesn't flake off if you go over the top of it. So then you can still have that 
pencil texture rather than a paint texture yeah yeah oh that's amazing lots of layers but it's fun (laughs) brilliant and so just before we finish there's um when it comes to confidence what what's your top tip when it comes to confidence my top tip would be to to just get yourself out there and I know that's easier said than done but start small like show you know if you've never shown anybody your art before show someone close to you show a friend show a family member show you know show a parent anything just show someone what you're doing and get feedback you know whether it's good or bad feedback some feedback would be really helpful and then you know once you've done that get it on social media social media is the easiest place to show it to a lot of people at once and you know that will also help with feedback if I hadn't have put my first ever cat portrait on Facebook and got feedback for it I wouldn't be where I am today and I wasn't even looking for commissions I wasn't looking to be paid for anything I just wanted feedback you never know what's going to come of it by putting yourself out there and you'll get so much confidence by just those little steps of doing something, showing someone, doing something, showing someone, and just keep practicing. Don't let the fact that you haven't progressed as much as somebody else get you down because everyone's on their own journey. Everybody's different. Everybody started at a different place. I get so many people asking me like, you know, you know, I wish I was as good as you. And I ask them, you know, you know, what is your art like? How long have you been drawing? And they say, you know, a year. But, well, the difference is I've been drawing full-time for five years. It's a lot longer than someone drawing for one year. And before that, before I did my engineering career, I was drawing. So I've literally been drawing since I was two. But that doesn't mean that's an unfair comparison to someone who's literally just started drawing. So everybody's different. So it's good to compare yourself in terms of where you want to be and have goals and think, oh, I'd like to be like this person but don't take it to heart and get upset that you're not already there. Art is one of those things that take time. I'm definitely learning that because I'm trying to learn oil paint. And my goodness, it's completely different from oil colour, from, um, from colour pencil. And I'm just like, okay, how do I mix this colour? What do I do now? Um, I know, and I, I'm or, the same. Yeah. I'm learning oils as well. And I'm, I just find I'm really good at pushing pushing the colour around. <laughs> yeah. Details, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. I know, it's so difficult. And there's so many artists out there that I want to be like, that I want to be as good as. But you've just got to remind yourself, you know, you can get there if you keep practicing and if you keep doing it. You've just got to keep showing up, even if it's like five minutes a day. That's better than once a year, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, honestly, it's been such a pleasure talking to you at last. <laughs> yes, at last. So I'm really happy that we managed to do this because <laughs> yes, we've both been so busy. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And, you know, and I'm so glad that everything's going well for you with the baby and everything. It's just... Uh, Thank yeah, you. I'm is... glad everything's going well for you as well with your academy and stuff. It's so good. Oh, yeah, it's mad. That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Oh dear. Well, I shall um I shall very look forward to um to, to listening back at this and, and editing it. And um okay. yeah, thank you ever so much for joining Wonderful. me. When will it be out? I would like to advertise it. Uh oh gosh, um probably within the next six weeks. All right, great. Well, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Yeah, let me know when you've got a date. I will, I will. All oh, right. bless you. Thank you ever so much. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> 
you so much, Summer. It's been so nice to speak to you. Thank you. And have a really nice day. <laughs> Enjoy the snow. Oh, yes. It's gone now. It's, gone. it's all gone. Oh, good. Okay. It's pretty sunny here today. It's nice. I went for a nice walk. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, we could do with a bit of that in Yorkshire. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send right. some. All right. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of my It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast. If you did, I'd be so grateful to you for emailing me or texting a link to the show or sharing it on social media with those you know who might like it too. My mission with this podcast is all about sharing mine and my community's experience and hope by telling your fascinating personal stories, championing the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and to create another channel through which I can support you to realise your coloured pencil and life dreams. If you haven't done so yet, please help me on my mission to spread positivity and joy throughout the coloured pencil world by following me on my socials at Bonnie Snowden Academy or by getting on my list at bonniesnowdenacademy.com. And remember, I truly believe if I can live the life of my dreams doing what I love, then you can too. We just need to keep championing and supporting each other along the way in order to make it happen. Till next time.